Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. I could, like, wear a boa. You could call me Dick Eisen or something like that. I could come up with a persona. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And Dangerous Dick Eisen. What do you, you know, what do you think? I'm shooting my shot. I'm going YOLO right here with Stephanie McMahon. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You do sound like my 14-year-old daughter, though, YOLO. <laughs> Earlier on the show. From AMC's Better Call Saul. Actor Giancarlo Esposito. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Still to come. Nebraska offensive lineman Cam Jurgens. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. So much to talk about in this third hour as Tiger Woods is beginning his second round at Augusta National. He bogeyed the first hole. Is that what he did, Chris? Yeah, bogeyed. All right, he's back to even par. The cut line is going to be either three or four over par, so... Uh, it's a windy day there, though, and uh, no one's running in hiding, which is good news if you want to see Tiger top 10, top 5 by the end of the day, but also bad news because the wind is uh, picking up. So we'll keep an eye on that over the last ha- hour of this program. Mike Florio, Florio of Pro Football Talk will be joining us shortly on the program for some top stories going on. Debo Samuel is the latest player to expunge his uh, uh, social media accounts of any uh, hint or sign of who he plays for, um, and uh, apparently the 49ers and he are, uh, uh, you know, at odds. Uh, although there is one photograph on his Instagram page with him in a 49er uniform. It's the one to announce that he was first-team All-Pro. So his messages are everywhere. Um, we'll talk about some of that stuff with Mike Florio. We already had John Harbaugh of the Ravens and the actor Giancarlo Esposito, who plays Gus Fring in the upcoming final season, uh, of Better Call Saul. He was here in person in hour number one. You miss anything, please. Our YouTube stream is sitting right there for you. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. I enjoyed uh, watching him work out uh, at the Combine, and then the stories uh, surrounding him um, caused me to just say, let's let's get him on. And uh, let's, uh, let's uh, you've got to have on a guy whose nickname is Beef because <laughs> his last name is Jurgens, and he's Beef <laughs> Jurgy of, uh, of Nebraska, born and raised in Nebraska, played for his hometown Nebraska Cornhuskers, and he's uh, one of the top linemen available in the draft, if not the top center available in the draft. Coming up later on this month, he is Cam Jurgens. How are you, Cam? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, d- did I get that entire introduction correct? Did I, is anything um, off on that, Cam? Oh, sounds great. Sounds great. Okay. Uh, how'd you Walk me through how you got the nickname of Beef. Camp. Go for uh, it. Pretty much when I got to Nebraska, uh, I mean, I kind of had a lot of nicknames growing up. Uh, when I got here, I guess, w- during NIL, they started doing like a branding series. 
and basically they asked like hey we want to make a logo for you and do some stuff and like hey what what nicknames like do you want a nickname or slogan i'm like shoot everybody calls me beef jerky you know so i did that and kind of grew up on a cattle farm so it kind of it makes sense um so i loved it okay and is it true cam that you have your own line of beef jerky called beef jerky is that true yeah yeah so during nil started making some stuff and a bunch of local lockers reached out sent me jerky and i started you know working with them and i got a got my own beef jerky jerky Mm. when you say you work with them you're talking about sampling the product making sure it tastes appropriate to put your nickname on it is that what you're saying yeah exactly okay what does it taste like what does he what do you got for me cam uh it's it's good. You, you'll have to check it out. Uh, we'll send some in, but I'm no. selling it selling it on beefjerky.com. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good so far. I'm trying to, you know, starting small, building up, and it's just something fun to do. Oh. You know, I kind of grew up, we, we deer hunted, and we'd make our own jerky from that, so it's always something that's been really, you know, interesting to me. Yeah, it says distributed by Cam Jurgens. I see the, the packaging right there. Um Okay, beef jerky. So, do you want to like take this on Shark Tank or something like that, Cam? Would you do that? Uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Come on, I'm not sure, but I mean, I'd love to expand and get bigger. But right now, it's just kind of selling it online and then small local places in uh, around the area in Nebraska. Okay. Well, you don't have to send any to me. I mean, you're not yet a professional. I I can't. I mean, normally I get into this business to get free stuff. Certainly not just for me, but for for my guys here. Where can we? Where can people get your product? Where can uh, people get? Um, it? I got a I got a website beefjerky dot com. Beef J U R G Y dot com. Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's. Uh, I had a teammate last year, uh, Matt Tickman. He he kind of helped set up a website with me, and it's kind of been a fun project for us. I love it. Okay. Rich, he's got a limited time offer, five packs for $35. Wow. At beefjerky.com. Okay. I, I'm not really a consumer of beef jerky a lot. Is that a, that's, a, that's a good deal. That's a good, that's deal. A good deal. That's a real good deal. That's a real good deal? Real good deal. Cam? Yeah, it's a great deal. Great deal. <laughs> Come on, and sell me know, on it, man. You don't have to be a consumer of beef jerky to, you know, enjoy it because it's a really good product. So I think, you, you know, if you try it out, people will enjoy it. He's so, got all kinds of merch, Rich, uh, sweatshirts, polos, hats. He's got a beer koozie. He's got the full package. So do yeah, you, I tell you, you know, Nebraska fans are crazy. You know, there's people all over the state, all over the country. And, you know, when, uh, when the Husker players, you know, make their own line, uh, yeah. it's really cool seeing the support. You know, a lot of people bought stuff during the year and, you know, all over the country. Uh, it's, it's pretty unique with uh, Nebraska fan base. Okay, academic All-American. So did you take uh, marketing? Did you take economics or business, anything uh, at Nebraska? No, I'm actually an exercise nutrition science major. So I'm kind of learning as we go when we, you know, went through this process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about your game. Uh, uh, the word nasty comes up a lot. Do you hear that a lot in terms of your game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you know... I think it's hard to be a good old lineman if you don't have a little grit and you don't have a little edge to you. So I think that's something I really pride myself in. And, you know, I'm trying to be the toughest guy on the field every time I step out there. Okay. Uh, how many people did you piss off over this uh, entire period when you're playing and against fellow prospects and things like that? 
during that this, this I'd entire... say probably too much to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> too much to worry about. Okay. I love that. What's the number by which you pass that uh, that fault line of uh, of no longer caring about how many people you pissed off? I don't know. I don't think you got to – I mean, football, you, you can't care about people you piss off. I mean, it's kind of the – you know, it's kind of the job of O-linemen. You got to, you know, get dirty. You got to be in the trenches there, and you don't get no love, no no glory. But that's that's kind of the job for us, and, I, you know, it kind of fits my mold. I think, didn't you piss off a ton of people uh, at the Senior Bowl, Cam? Did I see some video of... Oh, uh, uh, so I didn't go to the Senior Bowl, yeah. I was okay. actually, you know, I'm an underclassman, so I wasn't mm. allowed there. So that was somebody else that I saw. Okay, and so when you when you when you actually get into it, though, what is your your sense when when uh, when it's your job to protect, when it's your job to make sure the play is handled appropriately pre-snap? Walk me through that for you, Cam. Yeah, especially the center position. You know, you're asked a lot. You got to make sure. Like you're confident in what you're doing. You're calling the plays or protections. Um, you know, you're setting the point. You know, whatever the play is, and you got to make sure you're setting the tone because you know the guys around us in the O line. I got to make sure I'm doing my job so they have confidence in me when I'm making my points, when I'm making my calls. And at the end of the day, we're making sure no one touches our quarterback. You know, the you know that's our guy back there. So, got to keep him clean. And you know, in the run game, pass game, it's all the same. You got to you know you're trying to put guys on the ground. You're trying to you know set the tone because that's kind of where the game's won and lost a lot of times. Uh, is it true you already met with the Broncos? You took a visit there, Cam? Yeah, I just took a, a top 30 visit there a few days ago. Okay, so w- what did you glean from that? Did you meet uh, Coach Hackett? Who else? Walk me through your, your process there, Cam. Yeah, I got to meet everybody there, and it was it was really cool meeting all the new coaches. Uh, Coach Hackett's got a lot of energy. I love meeting with him and the, the OC and Coach Barry. Like, it was it was a really cool time. Those. Those top 30 visits are fun, but it's just kind of in and out. It's real quick. Mm. So what's the craziest question you've been asked during this entire uh, process, this entire uh, talent evaluation season, Cam Jurgens? Uh, I don't know if I'd have any, you know, crazy questions, I guess. I had a had a pretty long handshake with Coach Vrabel when I first met him, walking in, you know, questioning me, and, and it was just like a – who can squeeze each other's hand harder for like a minute straight, just staring at each other. So that was a nice little fun introduction into that meeting. But otherwise not any like super crazy questions, but it's kind of been all fun during this process. Mean meeting all the coaches and getting to see people. Um, it's kind of, it's been really eye opening. You know, I, I think the coolest part was like, I went into the, the dolphins. And I see Dan Moreno in there. I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Now, did you know him from football or uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective? Let's be honest, Cam. Come on now. Oh, football. Oh, okay. All right, you're a football guy. That didn't make it to the Cal Farm? Ace Ventura didn't make it to the Cal Farm in in Nebraska? You didn't see that there? No. Mm. No, it didn't. Okay. You got to see it. You'll love it. Um, Okay, so let me get back to the Vrabel thing. I just had him on yesterday. I wish I'd known this before he he was here. What are you talking about? Like, you you sensed he was testing you for how long you were going to grip? And and squeeze? yeah, I guess I I think you can you know you can sense a lot from a man with how he mm. shakes someone's hand. Right, look him right so, in the eye. Look him right in the eye. Yeah, right. you got to be you got to be formal, and you got to look him in the eye. You got to give a firm grip for sure. And so, at one point, you thought he's not letting go of my hand. I need to do something about this. Like you didn't like walk me through that. Give me a, what do you mean? 
yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, you got to make sure you're shaking your hand longer than the other guy is. You, it's kind of like a test, you know, who's going to stop shaking their hand first. Mm. Okay. All right. I'd love to see you play for Tennessee then and see how that goes. You know, <laughs> I would love that. I bet. So, what are you doing draft night? What's draft night for you, like Cam? Uh, I'm just going to have it at the at the house back in my uh, hometown. You know, small family get together. We'll see. I feel like it's, you know, that's a stressful situation. You want to have people that get everybody around there, but you don't want it too big. Are you catering? You catering yourself? You going to have your your product out there (laughs) on draft night? Yeah, we'll have some jerky there. Uh, You know, my brother, he's actually got, uh, he's got a food truck. He he has some, he has a really good barbecue food truck. So he's going to be making food for us that night. All right. Have you been on Will Compton's pod yet? Have you done that? No, I haven't. I need to. Uh, they came to Nebraska for uh, one of our games last year, so I got to get on the bus. But I didn't do a podcast with them, but yeah, that's I, that's a fun podcast to listen to. Well, if you if you go to Tennessee, I mean, that's it. I mean, that that would be it. I mean, that you'd you'd have to be on the bus there for sure. Yeah, I feel like if I, I mean, shoot, if I get drafted there, that's I mean, I'm making it on the pod for sure. I can't believe I beat Will Compton to the punch and having a Nebraska Cornhusker top prospect in the draft on on a program. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I know we get we got to get after him about about that one. Yeah, sure. you know what? I just think um, we should just let just let it sit out there and and see how it how it marinates. You know, we can do that. Um, all right, Cam. Thank you for the call. Good luck to you. Let's do this uh, when you land somewhere. Let's talk. Let's talk a little Sounds bit more. good. Look forward to it. Congratulations on everything that happened at Nebraska and on your, your growing beef jerky business and, um, and, and beyond. I look forward to seeing where you land on draft night. Thank you. You guys have a good one. You got it. That's Cam Jurgens, everybody. Nebraska Cornhusker Center. You saw what Creed Humphrey did coming out of the heartland of this country, anchoring that line in Kansas City. Maybe yeah, that's right. the kid who can do it for some team in the NFL. Damn it, I wish I'd known this about Vrabel before yesterday. Do you think he does that with every prospect? I, big lineman. I have to think just to he, stand because he's big, he's huge. He's a just big to, guy. You know, just, I think he does it with everyone. It seems like that's just as a kid's move. Like, I'm going to hold this handshake a little extra longer just to see if you let go first. I kind of feel like we had a situation like that yesterday, Vrabel. <laughs> a and virtual I. handshake? Well, I, I mean, because, you know, I, 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 as you know, I, I set up my questions sometimes with a long preamble with a big wind-up with a Luis yes. Tiant big, kind of big, 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 big huge El Duque, El Duque lots of motion yeah. wind-up because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my my question is placed in proper context and he he it wasn't fast enough for him was, <laughs> he's Rob Manford he's I think, like was let's this, go was it, let's speed this up it, it was the moment where I, I, I was trying to set up how the narrative that we're talking about that the AFC has been so you know um in the news with the number of people that are coming in, right? Like Russell Wilson. The, the AFC has gotten extremely Fact. tough. Fact. It's been more, let's put it this way. March 31st, the AFC was much tougher than it was on March 1st. Okay? And on January 1st, they were the number one seed in the AFC. So that I, I just wanted to ask him about, you know, his thoughts on, on the Titans maybe having their hands more full. And uh, this is what happened. And the other two narratives about there about your team, um, or at least your team is 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 associated with, is the fact of Russell Wilson is now right here. In he's tired the, of me. <laughs> um, 
conference, and Matt Ryan is now in the conference. Yeah, going, and I'm taking my time. Um, you also have uh, Deshaun Watson returning to the conference, and the yeah, American I'm trying fo- to figure out how that narrative affects the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, well, the the narrative is is that you were the first <laughs> overall seed, and the conference just got even even more sure. difficult. It's so the National Football League, it's hard. We played however many teams, eight eight or nine teams that made the playoffs last year and beat however many of them. It's going to be the same next year. You know, it's everybody's got two hundred twenty million to spend, and it's going to be great players on every team. That that's why this game is great. That's why this league is great. That's why everybody loves it. 18 teams have a chance to, to make the playoffs, or how many did last year, 20-some teams. 56 games within the last two minutes are decided, 31 on the last play. Like, Take your heart pills and, and buckle up. <laughs> there it is. I wrote that down, too. Take your heart pills and buckle up. Well, I guess we, we, we cut off where I kind of felt like I pushed back. I'm, I, I, I said to him, like, am I, I'm on a pitch clock with you? Like, Got a good answer, though. Yeah, it's good. I love it. He's a football coach. He's a football coach. He's a football coach. Take your heart pills and let's go. Buckle up. Buckle up, Buttercup. I don't care about Russ. I don't care about Matt Ryan. I don't care about the strong coming in. I don't care about how how deep the AFC West is. I'm in the AFC South. I play play football. What do you do for a living? You ask long-winded questions. Are you taking heart pills in your 20s? No, no, no. I love it. I feel like he was shaking my hand and staring, staring me down and just saying, like, I dare you it. to let go first. Yeah. Just holding it. Like, <laughs> you or me? You or me? You? You? Me? Am I taking it, me, too, am I, am I taking it uh, too personal? No. No. I Find a hard time like to figure out what this has to do with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Busting my stones. Well, you just kept going like, with quarterback. Like, Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, and you're like, Deshaun Watson's still here? Like, he didn't go anywhere? I think he was just like, what's the point of this? <laughs> Where are we going? What's going on? I'm linebacker, Rich. I caught touchdowns. I, talk, I caught touchdowns. I caught touchdowns from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl when you were doing top 10 highlights with Stuart Scott. <laughs> Mike Vrabel. What were you eight, doing? Eight career receptions, eight career yeah, touchdowns. He's, he's like Chris Carter. Even more He's so. more efficient than Chris Carter. Even more so. I mean, he literally only <laughs> catches <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> literally, comma, an actual in fact. Because a lot of people misuse the word literally a lot. But this is literally, that's all he does. <laughs> hey, by the way, sitting there, uh, 26th overall, Cam Jurgens is available. Done. I might work, right? Sealed uh, again, I'm, I'm not terribly familiar with their offensive line situation, but... <laughs> well, it must be good, because Derrick Henry uh, gets a lot of yards. Yes, he so. does. Ooh. Callaway didn't just create their longest irons ever with the new Rogue ST. They made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every player. Because these Rogue ST irons come in four different offerings. Been telling you about this. The only irons ever to do so using artificial intelligence on high strength 450 steel. Most popular iron of the bunch is the Rogue ST Max designed for the widest range of players because of its refined game improvement shaping an incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. If you're a low to mid single digit handicappers, you listen up. Rogue ST Progs is going to give you that hollow body construction and sleek, compact player shape. The best game improvement model is the Max OS. Mid to high handicappers, you get total forgiveness with high launch, wide soles, and enhanced offset. Yes, please. There's also a Max OS Lite, the most forgiving high launch iron. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue. Mike Florio, when we come back, let's talk more football, folks. 
Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mike Florio back here on the show. How you doing, Mike? Rich, I'm doing great, pal. Fun fact about John Harbaugh, he is 59 years old. Mm-hmm. Chuck Noll was 59 when he retired from the Steelers, mm-hmm. never to be heard from again in the NFL. It's amazing how 30 years has changed the overall fitness, capacity, and willingness of these guys to keep going, because I think Harbaugh's going for another 20 years. I, uh, me too. Um, he's so terrific with the media. He's terrific at the job. And at one point, I even pointed out to him, you know, um, he, he's he's smart, man. And I, I didn't point out to him saying, boy, you're a smart guy. But well, the way I brought it up is like, he's the guy who, you know, in the middle of a season's like, okay, Joe's not working out anymore. We're going to go with Lamar and we're going to change our entire damn playbook. And we are going to be all in on the guy. We're not going to fit, you know, uh, him into what we like to do. We're just going to do what he likes to do and go for it. And um, you don't see that very often, you know? You don't ever and see that's that the best kind of coaching. You take the players that you have and you do what they do well. You don't do the things they don't do well. And that's how you maximize your team. And, you know, it's going to change all the time, especially in today's NFL, where your roster is going to change dramatically. You're going to have to change some of your approaches based upon who your players are every single year. He he was and 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 again he he volunteered. He did not like the new overtime rule and wanted the Ravens to vote against it, and they didn't. Um, he doesn't like it. Um, and what does he like about it? I, he because I brought up the fact that the, the he just because he doesn't think it's going to change anything. You know that um, you know th- that he he thinks most people are going to take the ball first anyway because even if both teams score the same number of points um, and overtime continues, you want to have a second possession and you want to have the the first possession uh, of sudden death. Um, I pointed out that what, what, you know, the benefits of getting it second is you would go for it fourth down uh, an eight from your own 20 because, you know, you have to as opposed to the team that gets it first. That's a distinct advantage. He goes, that's exactly why I don't like it. That's why I wanted to vote against it. It's he he just thought like how how long are you going to keep extending overtime is basically what his point was. Well, but the reality is each team gets a possession and then it goes to sudden death. And I think that when you consider – 
how things would have gone in that Chiefs-Bills game, where it had gotten to the point where it was worse than even the most high-powered video game. The offense is just up and down the field. The number of points that they scored in the final five minutes of the game, whoever got the ball first in overtime was going to score a touchdown, and whoever got the ball second in overtime was going to score a touchdown. And what would be fascinating is if the team that scores first kicks the single extra point, and then the team that scores second has to decide, do we go for two here? and pin the season on converting this play, or do we kick the extra point, assume you make it because it's not as automatic as it used to be, and then allow it to become sudden death. So I just think it adds layers and levels of intrigue, and it makes it more fair. It was too much, in my opinion, hinging on the outcome of a coin toss. And I think some teams will choose to kick off. And I think that we will see a team maybe consider rolling the dice with a surprise onside kick if they know that the other team is going to score a touchdown anyway on that opening drive and then we get a chance to match it. We're going to run the numbers and it's a 15% chance now to recover an onside kick when they know it's coming. If you pull off a great surprise, your chance of recovering the onside kick is a lot higher than that. I think we're going to see those strategies possibly play out at some point. Now, the other side of it too, now that they've changed this rule, we're not going to have an overtime game in the postseason for like 15 years. That's right. But, so, and there aren't going to be many of these that happen, so it's going to take a decade probably to get enough data points to see how it all plays out. But I'm fascinated by all the different strategies that now come into play, and I like the idea that each team is going to get a crack at getting the ball. Well, I mean, I asked Harbaugh exactly the question that you wrote your post about this morning that I saw about onside kicking to get the ball first and go with an onside kick. Certainly if you know you have most, you know, uh, you have a second possession in your back pocket, a possession that you're going to have in your back pocket. And he said essentially, yeah, he he used a 10% chance of getting one correct. Um, And he's like, uh, if you think that, like, say, he used the example, the Mahomes-Josh Allen game. He goes, if you think that you don't have really much of a chance to stop the other team because they're just on such a roll offensively, and you think it's a 100% chance your opponent's going to score, why not take that 10% chance that you get the ball back? It's 90% chance that you lose is better than 100% chance you lose. And he, that's exactly what he said. And I really you know? do think it's higher than 10 because we wrote something a few weeks ago about the USFL using the 4th and 13 alternative to the onside kick and the adjustment that the NFL made last year to the formation for the kickoff aimed at increasing the percent recovery of the onside kick it actually did move the percentage from 4 to 15 and that's when you know it's coming so i really do think you got a better than 15% chance hmm. if you don't know it's coming if you execute it well maybe if you see something on film about the way the guys drop back on the kickoff you get somebody who maybe half you know, not paying attention at the time. There's, you know, it's the Sean Payton thing from Super Bowl 44. If somebody unfurls that at the right moment, it's then you, you get the ball and all you got to do is go kick a field goal and you win. Mike Florio, PFT Live host, author of Playmakers, uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, simple question. What's up with Debo? What's happening there? Well, <laughs> when you strip everything related to your team, from your social media page at a time when every other receiver that is eligible for a contract is getting a contract, other than Deco Metcalf and A.J. Brown. But there's at least some rumbling that Metcalf is going to get paid by somebody and the Titans want to keep Brown. This Debo Samuel contract situation has been so overlooked, it rarely gets mentioned. And this is a guy who's a combination receiver and running back, and it makes it even more urgent, in my view, 
for him to get his financial reward. He's got a greater physical risk every time he plays because of the way they now use him. And he's going to have a shorter career, quite possibly, if they continue to use him like a running back. So now's the time for him to take a stand. Now's the time for him to try to get paid. And they're carrying around $25 million in cap space for Jimmy Garoppolo as they wait to decide what to do with him. If they would just move on from Garoppolo, they'd have more than enough cap space to get Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa taken care of. I mean, they got a problem with those two guys. Bosa's going to want $30 million a year. Debo's going to want $27, $28 million a year. And both guys deserve it. This is one of the byproducts of having great players. They deserve to get paid. And as we see the receiver market mushroom at the top, it's just a matter of time before Debo gets his. And if I were him, I'm not doing anything. I'm not setting foot on a field anywhere until I get my contract. Now, maybe we'll see him hold in like T.J. Watt did last year, show up, be at meetings, work out, but just not put himself at risk of any kind until he gets paid. And obviously it worked for T.J. Watt and for the Steelers. He, he showed no ill effects of not being involved in training camp of the preseason. He went on to have a defensive player of the year type effort. So Garoppolo getting shoulder surgery and potentially removing his chess piece from the craziest ass chessboard in the history of the NFL of March 2022 has a ripple effect with two guys who want to get paid and that may be leading to whatever's going on to take photographs off of Debo's social media? Is that essentially the dots being connected here? That may very well have something to do with it. The 49ers currently have less than $2 million in cap space. Now, look, if you want to create cap space, it isn't all that hard to do it. You can take other contracts. You can move money around. You can kick the can into future years. But when you've got an easy $25 million, then you can instantly clear if you move on from Jimmy G. And I don't know whether or not they're just – slow playing this because they think there's going to be a Teddy Bridgewater catastrophic knee injury that all of a sudden creates a market for Jimmy G when one isn't there. He's got $25 million plus due. He's got one year on his contract. I don't know who's going to give up anything of value for him without a restructured or extended contract, and he's got no incentive to do it. So, yeah, the moment they move on from Jimmy G, they got a lot more cap space available for these guys they got to keep. And I can't help but wonder, Rich, at some level, whether there are people in the 49ers organization who – just may be concerned Trey Lance isn't ready. And I hear those whispers from time to time, not nearly enough to make a big deal about it, but you can have a split of opinion in the organization as to whether or not Lance needs another year on the bench. And then it's about spending the $25 million, not just keeping it on the books until Labor Day weekend, but keeping it all the way through the season and giving Jimmy G one more year while Trey Lance continues to get wow. ready. Wow. But not at the not at the you got to pay your two of your top players. I mean, they got to get paid. You got you got you got a problem. You know I mean, like if I you don't do that. You got a problem. Last year it was fine. I mean, Lance was just a rookie, and Garoppolo. You could keep both, and Garoppolo was the guy to get ready, and they damn near made the Super Bowl. But if these guys got to get paid, you know, the the concept and in and, and Shanahan was very open about it at the owners' meeting. It's entirely possible that they could keep him. I just don't know if that's feasible this time around. What are you hearing about Baker Mayfield? That's been very quiet. What's well, going I think on it's going to stay quiet until after the draft, Rich, because that is the next big data point in all of this as we see who gets quarterbacks in round one or round two. And if you have a team out there like the Falcons that presumably is thinking about someone other than Marcus Mariota or the Panthers thinking about someone other than Sam Darnold, if they don't get the guy they want, does that become someone who would then be interested in Baker Mayfield? Right now it's only the Seahawks, and who knows, maybe they'll end up drafting somebody in round one or round two to supplant Drew Locke. But 
There just isn't a lot of buzz right now. And again, Mayfield holds the cards. Neither Mayfield nor Garoppolo have no trade clauses. But when it comes to a starting quarterback, that no trade clause is overrated. Because if I'm interested in a guy to come in and be my starter, to be the face of my team, the most important player there, the guy who shows up early, stays late, does all the things that we need him to do to lead his teammates, he doesn't want to be there. I don't think I'm making that trade. So all Mayfield has to do is kind of dig in his heels. He's getting $18.8 million no matter what this year. His contract is fully guaranteed as his fifth-year option. And you just wait. And uh, the Browns are in a better position than the 49ers to squat on that $18 million and let it play out. But I know the Teddy Bridgewater thing happened six years ago, but that is a very, very unlikely outcome. That was such of a fluke injury. Yeah. You know, quarterbacks are insulated from contact. The rules favor them during the games. They have the red jerseys on at practice. It was just a non-contact knee blew out for Teddy Bridgewater. So, you know, I, I, I just think that at some point you've got to move on. And I wonder, there was supposed to be a podcast that drops this week with Baker Mayfield. It would have been his first public comments since his goodbye social media message to Cleveland. I just wonder if he's going to play along with the Browns. You know, is he going to insist on showing up, being part of practice, let me in, let me be here, I'm part of the team, and will they want that distraction if he decides to be very aggressive? It, it's all to be determined. The irony, well, the, all the irony that if he, he's like Deshaun Watson, uh, I'm gone, I'm not showing up, I'm done, you know, you, you, you know I refuse to go, and, uh, or, or I refuse to come here, and, or, or the other way around. It would be really, really wild. I got... Um, Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Last one for you, and I want to spend a few minutes on this. Uh, the old Bermuda Triangle off the coast of, of uh, Florida. Uh, looks like we've got one inside the state of Florida that you keep posting about, and it's really just a fascinating story of this non-playing season, you know, tying into what was in the Flores uh, suit about, you know, um, Tom Brady essentially, even though he was not named, showing up, you know, at a boat you know, or yacht or whatever the hell it was for Stephen Ross. Arians saying, you know, he's retiring because he just wanted to pass the torch even though Brady's coming back and Brady's role with the Dolphins potentially and what it might have meant before he unretired and then he unretires and then Arians goes and but it's not because Brady forced it. What is your two cents on whatever the hell is going on with these three Bermuda Triangle data points? Well, for me. And this always makes Buccaneers fans and Dolphins fans very happy when I say this, but Brady was going to Miami, and Sean Payton was going to Miami, and that was the plan. And Brady was going to be introduced as a minority owner of the Dolphins as soon as Super Bowl week. He retired Tuesday, February 1. Hours later, Brian Flores drops his lawsuit, which includes the allegation that he was pressured to meet with a high-profile quarterback who was under contract with another team. He doesn't mention who it was. It was Brady. That was in 2020 when Brady was about to become a free agent after his time with the Patriots ended. That lawsuit short-circuited what the Dolphins were going to do, and it was going to be Brady introduced as a minority owner, pursuit of Sean Payton. And they acknowledged they called the Saints about Payton, and they were told by former Dolphins, GM Jeff Ireland, who's now assistant GM with the Saints, don't waste your time. I think there was more to it than that. The Dolphins admit that they considered making Tom Brady a minority owner, but I think it was going to be minority owner, here comes Peyton, and at some point in the spring, Brady unretires and goes to the Dolphins. And I say all that now because we need to keep an eye on the possibility of Brady going to the Dolphins next year, because he'll be a free agent. 
There's a no tag clause in his contract with the Buccaneers. Unless they extend his contract, they cannot keep him from going wherever he wants to go. So, look, I, I think that there's a lot of smoke there, which means there are at least flickers of flame. And I look at it, consider this example, Rich. Yeah. Last year, Drew Brees retires. Okay, let's say Drew Brees retired for 40 days, came back after his retirement ends. 17 days later, Sean Payton quits. What would Drew Brees have said? I think he would have said, what the hell, man? I'm back and you're leaving. There was none of that vibe with Tom Brady. Wasn't that striking to you? There wasn't even a flinch. There wasn't even a batting of an eye that Bruce Arians is out 17 days after Tom Brady came back. And to me, that, that said it all. Yeah, I, I I hear you there, there and and, Thank it, you, and, Mike. and in some ways it, it does not make sense that that Arians would just say you know uh, I I I don't want to stick around here anymore even though Brady is back like there, there's there's pieces that don't fit but how would Brady have been able to unretire and go to Miami wouldn't he have still wouldn't there had have been compensation yes. go to Tampa that would be yes. required to make yes. that work they, they would have had to compensate the Saints to get Peyton they would have had to compensate the Buccaneers to get Brady, but the wheels were all moving in that direction. And I don't know whether or not the Buccaneers would have drawn a line in the sand if it came down to it. I know Bruce Arians kind of flippantly said at the Combine they would want five first-round picks, but I know that the Buccaneers were concerned about Miami. I know the Buccaneers were concerned about San Francisco. And even though no one's going to admit it, they've crafted this narrative that can allow Bruce Arians to walk out the door with his head held high and not feel like he's getting pushed, and that's fine. But the timeline is too weird. The reaction by Brady is too positive. And <laughs> what do you mean? Hold on. What do you mean it's too positive? Because he think his head coach is out. He's he's back. I think if he had retired from the Patriots and he comes back and 17 days later, Bill Belichick quits. There's at least going to be a what the hell, man? There's at least going to be something. It was all just like. Yeah, this is exactly what we expected. And, Rich, I say that because, yes. and I may have told you this before. I know I've said it on PFT Live. I was told within two hours after Tom Brady unretired, the next shoe to fall is Arians will be out. And it <laughs> happened 17 days later. <laughs> I was told that by someone I trust, and I wasn't able to nail it down and report it, but we hinted at it the next morning on PFT Live. I said I'll be surprised if both Brady and Arians are with the Buccaneers week one. And... 16 days after that is when it happened. So that's why I'm very skeptical because, I, I, I mean, people I trust were telling me that it was coming and other people I trust were telling me that this Miami thing was very, very real. And I, and I heard that Arians and, and Brady, you know, had gears grinding and that, you know, uh, when it all comes down to it, Brady didn't really uh, prefer Arians' approach sometimes, not just about the way he was talking, but just the way he would run, run things there. Undisciplined. Uh, that's one Semi-retired, way to retired showing up barnstorming in messing up the work that he and left which we're doing think about that any no. workplace if the boss has checked out half or most of the time and then shows up late in the week after you've been busting your ass all week to try to get things in order right and starts changing things it's going to irritate you after well a while. but i but i heard that brady could have still lived with it though when it all comes down to well, it well you know? I, I you know maybe they maybe they they i don't you know they just ignore him in 2020 too. I, I don't know what they would have done, but I, I, it's, it's one hell of a coincidence. And, and maybe there are coincidences, maybe there aren't. But this is one we've never seen before, where one of the great all-time players retires for 40 days, 
comes back and 17 days later his head coach is out and there's no reason for the head coach to walk away other than the narrative that they crafted which is a very positive uplifting idea that he wants to hand the baton to Todd Bowles under circumstances where he has a chance to succeed that's great i support that but i also am not willing to believe that it's exactly the way it went down and that's you know that, that's, I know that's not a popular take with Buccaneers fans and Bruce Arians, but that's what I believe. Well, I, I here I thought that uh, my guy Chris Brockman's day was made just because Tiger Woods' favorite uh, non-New England athlete is performing at the Masters, but you just made his day because he's been he's been he's <laughs> been, been, you, been, been, been well no you've been you've been you've been you've been all over this whole narrative. You've been all into it. It doesn't pass in. the smell test. Yeah. Mike, have a great weekend. Hey, great talking to Thanks you, Thanks again, Matt. Right back at you. That's Mike Florio, everybody. Go get his book, Playmakers. I mean, that's he keeps talking about this, and I figured, let's, let's dig in. You love it. When was the last time you seriously considered your dream? Because right your now, dream Rich, can come right true. Right now, exactly. I'm thinking about my dream this very second. <laughs> Which is just, you know, a whole haywire conversation about what the hell is going down in the state of Florida. Uh, it's time for you and your dream to get back together. It's the it being living the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Because we're talking about a Mercedes-Benz van, which means you can expect innovative safety features. Crosswind assist, blind spot assist. You can expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, an available gas engine. You could do whatever you're darn well Please, with your time, if you have it, you could go travel the country, you could go see family, you could go see friends, you could go just go stare at the ocean, you could start your own business. It runs like a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter. Tell them your dream sent you. TJ Jefferson's big-ass grab bag to take us to the weekend. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Callaway Rogue ST driver, the only one to built to completely bomb it, folks. I got to tell you, it's been speed tuned to Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to MOI. It's just the beginning because Callaway has engineered a Rogue ST for every single player. 
There's the Max, the Max D, the Max LS, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. That's the low comp, low spin compact uh, driver that the tour players just absolutely love. And you'll see it out there. You'll see it out there. Danny Willett, as of this conversation, he's a Callaway uh, player. He's a Team Callaway guy. He yes. is currently sharing a lead at the Masters. And he's got lots left to go today, so he can have that he can have that lead going into the weekend. Callaway has thought through every single aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your rogue SG driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. TJ, sorry to just throw it on you, but you got your you got your glasses on. I stay ready. Well, I know. It's a tight squeeze. TJ Jefferson's top five, his big ass grab bag. What takes in the, the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? All right, kaboom. Guess you stepped in the room like we always do at this time. I'm going to make this one quick, guys. Just want to, you know, kind of recap a little WrestleMania weekend for you. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody over at Peacock for inviting me to the Yellowstone suite. What they did, Rich, is they took a suite. They kind of tricked it out, made it look like Montana, looked like you were in a, a bunkhouse. And it was great, man. They had, you know, the drinks were flowing, had a little whiskey, had some beer, had some finger foods. You know, they had all the little condiments, had Dallas Cowboy stars on top of them. And everyone in attendance is getting cowboy boots from Wild Bill's Western Wear. Damn. I'm telling you, it was a, it was a wow, setup, man. It was great. And I had to stunt real quick, Rich. I'm just going to tell you this. I was uh, live streaming this. Somebody was on the comments making comments and went, oh, you're way up in the nosebleed section. And I took offense. I had to stop him real quick and say, nah, baby, I'm in a suite. <laughs> Don't play me like that. <laughs> nice. So I, anyway, I had to do that. But shout it's out to everybody. It's a big stadium. It's huge, Yeah, man. it's huge. So shout out to everybody at Peacock, and thank you so much for having me. Also, shout out to my man uh, Chuck Kingsbury from WWE for looking out. It was a great time. All right, now let's get to this top five real quick. I dug in the gra- big-ass grab bag. Going to give you my five favorite things. Coming at number five, I was never a fan of Johnny Knoxville and, Jack- and Jackass. That just wasn't my jam back in the day. But Johnny Knoxville had a match against Sami Zayn, and it delivered. If you were a fan of Jackass and everything that you liked was in this, that big hand that they would slap people (laughs) with, we had mouse traps, we had uh, tasers, stun guns, uh, all the Jackass crew came out. I always thought that Hulk Hogan Slim and Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3 was the most (laughs) impressive feat ever. No, no, no. We Man, We Man got in the ring and slammed Sami Zayn. It was amazing, and it was just a good time, and it was a good night, and these guys came through. I can't front. I wasn't expecting much, and they delivered. Coming at number four, Pat McAfee. He had two matches. He beat Austin Theory, which is a big deal for Pat because Austin Theory is a star of the future. And then there were rumors, there were rumblings that Mr. McMahon would get back in the ring. I didn't believe it until it happened. <laughs> he had a little impromptu match with Vince McMahon. It was fun. It was sloppy. It was fun. Whatever. Pat lost that one, so we went one and one, and then Stone Cold Please. came out. Like, what do you think? I mean, the boss in there? <laughs> yeah. Pat killed it, man. Yeah, he had to. He, he did jumped. He, ju- he did. He, he did like yeah, some jump on the no, yeah. the one on, like onto the ropes. Onto the ropes. Yeah, 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 that was crazy. Like I said, this is his third match. He had two in NXT. Check him out. Great job by Pat. And what McAfee. a dream for him to be out there with Stone Cold. Too, Absolutely. I'm sure. All right. What, what and, else you got? Uh, number th- coming in at number three, we had the man Becky Lynch coming in last week. If you want to argue and say her and Bianca Belair had the best match of the weekend, I won't argue with you. These two women, they did their thing. It was a great match. A lot of psychology involved. A lot of throwback to their previous match. Uh, Bianca Belair for the second year in a row walks out as champion. She's a star, man, and uh, it's amazing to see. Uh, coming in at number two, friend of the show Cody Rhodes made his return, and I just wanted to, to share this with you, Rich. Six years ago, WWE didn't think Cody Rhodes was a star, so instead of him staying there, what he did is he left. 
He went on his own to prove them wrong. And he went from wrestling in front of 12,000 people every Monday and Friday to I saw him with 150 people in an armory in Reseda wrestle. Okay, he did that. He went all over this country. He went all over the world. He helped build a competitor just to prove to them that he was main event worthy. And then he had his comeback and it was amazing. That place went nuts. It's great to see him back. He proved them wrong and he is a star. And coming in at number one, 19 years after he lost to The Rock in WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin made his return. It was what we all wanted to see. We didn't want to see a wrestling match. We wanted to see a fight. Stone Cold still kicks ass and he still drinks beer. He does them better than anybody on the planet. And he, 80,000 people lost their mind over two nights when that glass shattered and he came out. It was just a great moment. And like I said yesterday, for us to have that for free in this studio a few weeks ago, it was impressive and amazing. And man, I had a great time this weekend at WrestleMania. And if you were there, hit us up in our YouTube comments. Let me know what you thought. There you go. And be positive because TJ really doesn't want to hear from your other one. He's going to read all of them. While while we're being honest, they didn't invite you to the suite. I invited you on our behalf to the suite and they said, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, mean, I don't know why you need to say that. No, no. (laughs) We're having a field moment. I was feeling good about no, myself. Like, I was no. hyping them up. And then what I you did is you, made, you, you didn't make I, me look bad. I think no, you made not, them no, look I invited bad you right for, I invited it's, ourselves for us. I'm just saying, well, regardless, thank you then, because it was it was awesome. <laughs> if it not was, us, who? Rich? I watched the first WrestleMania and to be there at 38, great. I want to thank today's guests, Beef Jergy, Cam <laughs> Jurgens, Mike Florio, Giancarlo Esposito, and John Harbaugh. Have a great weekend, everybody.